Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are today, whatever part of your day that you're in. Sure to appreciate y'all joining me here and giving me a little bit of your time. Obviously, I hope you, you're getting something out of it, and hopefully our country is just a little bit. And for those of y'all, every time I try and start and often end the episode thanking y'all for listening, and especially those of y'all that continue to share the podcast because it helps folks. I mean, that's more than social media or anything else. That is how the podcast spreads is word of mouth. And as I said, if, if it just helps our country just one little bit, that would be worthwhile. And so the more that y'all spread it, the more chance there is that it's going to help just a little bit. So thank y'all so much. So today we're going to go back to a topic that we hit on frequently, and we may come back to this a couple times uh, in the next few episodes, is education. Uh, Because that is probably, at least in my opinion, folks, that is probably the arena where this modern lie of separation of church and state has been most effective for people that are working toward destroying the country. And and so it's always good to go back and look at history and some of the comments of our founders and great leaders of the past and what they thought about the role of education in, or the role of God, I should say, in the Bible in education, uh, public or otherwise. And I lost my train of thought there for just a second. <laughs> I apologize. Uh, we're taking one of our little walks. I'll kind of use that to go back through. But nobody out here right now. We'll see. Uh, had some dogs earlier. I don't know if the cats are going to come out. But at any rate, we'll go walking down the road and see who shows up. So this this lie this modern lie of separation of church and state for those of y'all that don't know if you haven't listened to the podcast before or if you've forgotten the supreme court took one line really out of a letter that jefferson wrote to a baptist pastor assuring him that the state wasn't going to pick a particular sect or denomination i believe it was a baptist pastor that he was writing this to and I can't remember what the, the Baptist pastor, maybe he was worried about Catholicism at the time. I, I can't remember. But Jefferson was trying to assure him that we were not, like Britain had done, we weren't going to name a state religion and say that everybody in the country had to be a member of this particular Christian denomination. This This was not at all about between Christianity and Islam and Buddhism, Hinduism, or atheism, this was, this was not saying that about the First Amendment at all. This was in particular, this is a Christian country, and we're not going to name a state religion and force everybody to, to choose one particular denomination to be Baptist or be Methodist or be Church of Christ, or whatever else at the time there was. I may be getting some of the dates wrong as far as what churches were established. And so what the Supreme Court did 
which has just been horrifically destructive to our country, is they took that and said, oh, well, we can't have religion involved in any public policy or institutions, particularly education. And they made these decisions. I think they really started with some Supreme Court cases earlier than this, maybe the 40s or 50s, but it definitely kicked into high gear in the 1960s, 70s, and 80s, and even the early 90s as far as taking the Bible, taking school prayer out, taking Ten Commandments. And it's just a total lie, which we've started to talk about a little bit, but it's really interesting to kind of think about these Supreme Court bodies that made these decisions are supposed to be made up of men and men and women now who know about the history of our country. And there's absolutely no way to know the history of our country and to have voted for this version of separation of church and state. It's impossible. And it it just kind of goes to show we have so many, quote, experts, unquote, today, and we're told, oh, well, we got to listen to this person because they're really bright. And they have a PhD or an MD or a law degree or whatever. Folks, just because somebody's super intelligent doesn't make them, A, it doesn't make them moral and wise, right? And and B, it certainly doesn't make them infallible. So whether you want to think that these Supreme Court bodies did this maliciously on purpose or whether you want to think they just made a really bad mistake, either way, we don't have any demand on us to listen to these people in the sense we don't have to take what they say and go, oh, well, they... They've got to be right. They must be right because they're really bright and and they wouldn't make a mistake. These decisions were, at best, horrific mistakes. At worst, maliciously done to try and help undermine and weaken our nation. And so we're going to look at two quotes if we have time. The first one that we're going to look at is by Joseph Story, who was a Supreme Court justice. And we're going to look at a case from... I think this case was from 1844, Uh, Vidal Vidal and Gerard, and just kind of see what what the Supreme Court said about Christianity in particular, religion in schools. So this, one of the Supreme Court's first religion cases, and in it, story I'm assuming wrote, I don't really have this for sure, folks, but I'm assuming he wrote the majority opinion and said that religion played a vital role in public education and upheld the use of the Bible and the teaching of Christian moral principles in a city-run school. And this is his commentary on the case. This is his opinion. We are compelled to admit that although Christianity be a part of the common law of Pennsylvania, Yet it is so in this qualified sense that its divine origin and truth are admitted. And therefore, it is not to be maliciously and openly reviled and blasphemed against to the annoyance of believers or the injury of the public. It's a pretty phenomenal first paragraph just there in itself, folks, or first sentence. He's saying, as the Supreme Court and as a country, we acknowledge the divine origin and truth of Christianity, and that they're not supposed to be maligned or blasphemed to the injury of the public. 
In this case, Gerard's will permitted the teaching of Christian of the Christian religion, just not by members of the clergy. Story's opinion that Gerard's will was not derogatory to the Christian religion rested on two determinations. First, a layman was capable of teaching the general principles of Christianity. And Story here quoted, so that was a little commentary, folks, if it sounded confusing. That was a little commentary within this Patriot's Bible. But this is going back to Story's quoting again. Why? may not laymen instruct in the general principles of Christianity as well as ecclesiastics. There is no restriction as to the religious opinion of the instructors and officers. Why may not the Bible, and especially the New Testament, without note or comment be read and taught as divine revelation in the college? its general precepts expounded, its evidences explained, and its glorious principles of morality inculcated. What is there to prevent a work not secretarian upon the general evidences of Christianity from being read and taught in the college by the lay teachers? Certainly there is nothing in the will that prescribes such studies. Now, it well may be asked, what is there in all this which positively enjoined inconsistent with the spirit or truths of Christianity? Are not these truths all taught by Christianity, although it teaches much more? And where can the purest principles of morality be learned so clearly or so perfectly as from the New Testament? Where are benevolence, the love of truth, sobriety, industry, so powerfully and irresistibly inculcated as in the sacred volume. So, a couple things there, folks. Basically, it's saying that you didn't have to have a pastor or a priest in the school teaching it. That teachers could teach it. That instructors And I think this had to do with a, it was a city-run school, but it may have been, as it says, it sounds like in there, a college. But either way, folks, publicly funded, that's what they're talking about. And they're saying that not only can, Story was saying, not only can the Bible be taught, but that it should be because there was nowhere else better to get these moral teachings that we needed for our country to function and that was from a supreme court justice so there's again a pretty phenomenal difference between what our supreme court said in the latter part of the 20th century and what the supreme court said a hundred years earlier give or take gives you an idea and i'll throw this in there folks Um, And I wish I had the quote with me. I didn't look this up, but there's a gentleman by the name of Lee Strobel that has written a series of books. You can go out there and find them. And one of them, he was talking about the reliability or lack thereof of the Bible in general, the New Testament in particular. And he was saying generally, and this, as a side note, this was a, he was an atheist at the beginning when he started writing this and doing research. And then convinced himself otherwise so he was he said you know generally in in historical texts one of the great evidences for reliability is how close to the events that the history is being written about was the was the text written so 
how close to a war or how close to a person's life was a book written on that subject. And the closer it was, typically, the more credence was given. And he made the comment, I think it was about Alexander the Great, that the first couple biographies on Alexander the Great were written, I want to say, four or five centuries after his life, and that we still consider in in academic circles, we still consider those texts pretty reliable. And whereas most of the New Testament books, depending upon the source you look at, were written anywhere from a few years to a few decades after the life of Jesus Christ. And so the reason I bring that up is because if we're going to take the word of Supreme Court or when we talk about how our country was really founding, doesn't it make sense to trust people that were A, there at the founding, or B, just in general closer to our founding and our founding documents and and participated in those public institutions like the Supreme Court or like education closer to when our nation was founded than listening to people who a century and a half plus later decided that, oh, we got it all wrong for that first century and a half and we're going to fix it now, right? It just kind of makes sense to listen logically. You would listen typically to the people before. It would take a large amount of cynicism to just automatically throw that out. So we just got a little time. I want to read one quote here. From, this is from Benjamin Rush, who was a signer of the Declaration of Independence and arguably one of our most influential founding fathers. Uh, he also was one of the first ones to call for public education. I believe no man was ever early instructed in the truths of the Bible without having been made wiser or better by early operations of these impressions upon his mind. So he's saying that, you know, one of the best ways to raise our children and to strengthen our nation is to early on teach them the Bible and the principles of Jesus Christ. Contemplating merely the political institutions of the United States, I lament that we waste so much time and money in punishing crimes and take so little pains to prevent them. We profess to be Republicans, little r folks, not talking about the Republican Party, just talking about citizens that live in a republic, because that's what America is. And yet we neglect the only means of establishing and perpetuating our Republican forms of government. That is, the universal education of our youth and the principles of Christianity by means of the Bible. For this divine, divine book, above all others, favors that equality among mankind, that respect for just laws, and all those sober and frugal virtues which constitute the soul of republicanism. Again, republicanism in the sense of we are a republic, not republic like the Republican Party. So this, and I've used this quote before, folks, and I'll come back to it because just like I've talked about before, muscle memory, like we were talked about or what the Marine Corps pushes so hard, when you know it, then even when you get stressed out, even when you're tired, even when you're hurting, you can come back to it. And so it's so important to have some of these quotes and comments easily to recall so that even if somebody's talking to you and you're not that type A personality that's going to push back in their face or immediately, 
you know in your head whether they're telling the truth or not. And so here you've got a Supreme Court justice uh, from the 1840s, and you've got one of the original founders of our country both saying that we need the Bible and God and Jesus Christ in public education, which is completely different than what we hear today. And folks, it's just impossible not to see that the reason it's completely different is because there's a huge push today to weaken and destabilize our country through any, any means possible. And this is the major means. Uh, if we're going to turn this around and take our country back, it's gonna have to be through culture and education, right? Uh, we see this pretty clearly. The, the ballot box is less and less of a security. We have to look at education uh, for our future. And so we, we need to acknowledge and share with other people these truths that we do need God and Jesus Christ in the Bible and education, and that's what our founders believe. Uh, that's what our great leaders have long acknowledged as the foundation of our country. And, and just to tell people that, because so many of us today have no clue, because we don't teach this anymore. Yet again, because, I mean, it's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? We don't teach it because people don't want it taught, because they don't want people to know it. And then so we tell them, oh, well, you can't teach that in school. At any rate, folks, I'm starting to ramble a little bit. So I think I've taken enough of y'all's time and I will leave you be for the moment. We'll talk again pretty soon. Y'all have a wonderful rest of whatever is left of your day. I hope it goes well. And I hope that, that y'all are doing well. God bless y'all. God bless America. And we will talk to you all again real soon.